Welcome to the Saguaro Books Radio Hour. This program is a showcase of middle grade, young adult, and new adult fiction. Your host is Mary Nickham, the founder of Saguaro Books, LLC. Saguaro Books is a unique publisher, and this program will show you why, as we bring you the authors and the books of new authors and more. Now, here's Mary Nickham. Good morning. We're off on another session. Welcome, Damon. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, Damon is the creator behind the pen name Rich Uncle. He grew up in the small England town nestled between the Green and White Mountains. He currently lives in upstate New York, where he has resided for the last 20 years. Damon is a gifted education teacher and adjunct professor. He is part of the SCBWI and several local writing groups. He loves to write poetry, novels, and short stories, and his favorite pastime is making memories with his wife, three children, and the family cat. Welcome, Damon. Can you tell us about your books? Yes, absolutely. The, the Great Potato Wars is um, the, the sequel to the first book, which is the Kenny Cartwright Chronicles. And this book, The, the Great Potato Wars, it's, a, it's an actual two-hour event, or maybe a little bit longer, that took place when I was um, 11. And uh, mm-hmm. it's the sequel to the first. So the first book is a series of short stories that took place from about age 7 to 11. And then that unfolds the, the, the plot for this um, the second book, The Great Potato Wars, which took place in uh, in the small New England town that I grew up in, and uh, there uh, it's kind of a, a story about you know overcoming some uh, local bullies and how to do it diplomatically and uh, how to do it in a way that stops the issues from from progressing um, after the after the the dust has settled. So it's a uh, it's an enjoyable read, for sure. Yes, it certainly is. And uh, I, I didn't realize that these were really real things that had happened along the way. And uh, that's really great. And that really makes for a good story, too, if you have something to really bring to it. Uh, so I was going to ask you what experiences in your life led to the choice of subject, but I understand that you've already answered that. And that's a, oh, that's a great way to write stories if you have something that's real to bring to it. Yeah, I had, years ago, I, had a, uh, I was teaching sixth grade, and I had a sixth grade student ask me, you know, Mr. Peelitz, what were you like as a, as a child? And I said, oh, you guys really want to know? I said, okay. So <laughs> I started digging in my memory of, of these stories, and I thought, wow, there's definitely a, a commonality yeah. here. And, and so what happened was through the school year, there'd be, a, you know, a change in the season or we'd, you know, hit spring or, and that would bring back a memory of something or, mm-hmm. you know, sledding in the winter or, or whatever it might, might have been. So I would tell the story. So really these all started, started as stories that I told my elementary uh, students. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was I, I realized that the Great Potato Wars was a whole nother story with a whole nother, you know, plot right. line and, and and a lot going on. So that would always be uh, the years that I was in the classroom. That would always be that, you know, that last day of school mm-hmm. 
uh, a story. And, and in fact, the last time I told it in terms of in the fourth grade classroom, you know, there was another classroom that came in and then other <laughs> teachers. So I had a, I, yeah, the whole had a audience. Like, yeah. So, and that kind of, you know, and that kind of progressed to, um, you know, the whole mm-hmm. writing it years later. Right. Wonderful. Uh, when did you begin to write? So it was a, it was probably seven or eight years ago. Uh, you know, as a as a teacher, you know, you right. get ready for summer. You know, you're anticipating the summer, and um, I was like, you know, what am I what am I going to do this summer? And then, you know, my uh, my wife was like, you know, you really should write that book you've always been talking about. <laughs> so I th- that night I wrote the first chapter, and. She read it and, and was laughing really loud. And I said, okay, so I, you know, I, I, I guess this has got something to it. So <laughs> that, you know, that really started that. Wonderful. And then with the, with the, yeah, and then with the poetry in the mm-hmm. short stories, those came along, you know, when the ideas came, um, you know, then I would start writing those. So it's really, it's the, the majority of everything I've written has been in the last seven years or wow, so. Wow, that's cool. Uh, we all start out at a different time, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you write these particular books? Yeah, you know, I, I wanted something that a teacher could use in the classroom that would be that would spur on the you know the reluctant reader, but also the reluctant writer. Uh-huh. So I wanted I wanted something that everybody could relate to in some way. So I get in trouble. I get grounded. I, <laughs> you know, I do this, I do that, you know, and, and you know, to have a, a child in the classroom that doesn't maybe enjoy reading that they would have something to add to the story. Right. So when they're, when they're done with the story, I, I always encourage students uh, to, to, to rewrite the ending or what's going to happen <laughs> next or tell us, a, tell us your own version of that mm-hmm. story. So at, as a classroom teacher, I wanted a book for students that teachers could could use that would not you know nothing in there would be controversial mm-hmm. or or be a you know a topic that might you know get a lot of phone calls from home. No, but this one, <laughs> this one, yeah, it makes them want to write and read. And, and uh, right. when I kind of tested this tested this in classrooms, I got some great responses from teachers and students. So that kind of motivated me to, to keep keep this. You know, keep this project sure. going and really be serious about it. That's really neat. It looks like that would be a good thing for uh, classes. Through, uh, and it also uh, has some um, it, it has some value as a uh, uh, you know what what do you do when you have a bully situation? Yeah, and you know how do you deal with that? And some of those things are are really good. Uh, value things for kids. Yeah, and it's also the, the, the then when you are older, mm-hmm. you know, you have to make a choice. Okay, yeah, I, I might have been bullied as a child, but that doesn't mean you turn around and do the same thing. Exactly. I mean, you, you, you got to put an end to it. So you you've got to think of the future as well, and and, and that's a a big message in this mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, what else are you working on? I need oh to gosh, know this so too. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's so many things that I've got going on. I, I've got um, a, a young adult uh, oh. book that's almost that, that's almost to where I think is where it should be. I have probably 
Oh, I probably have at least a hundred or so poems that need to be reworked. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, at least that, and, and probably uh, would probably in the ten to twelve uh, range of short stories that uh-huh. um, I've started are almost completed and framed. But I also have other middle grade novels that I've framed. Um, ah, uh, great! Yeah, well, you know, well, yeah. So they and they and they and again they start with an idea. So if I don't think they're big enough for a you know a novel or uh-huh. whatever, they just remain as a they remain as a poem, and I leave it there. A poem or a short story. Uh, I was thinking, yeah. did you uh, would you combine some of the short stories into a uh, a longer book or something like that, or would they not work that way? Yeah, some of them might. Uh, so, yeah, I just had one. I had one published back in November, and uh, it was kind of a standalone. But I, I could have put it in. Yeah, I could put it in a, um, a like a collection of them because yeah. they're, they're kind of all over the board. Oh, sure. Um, some are eerie. Some are you know <laughs> um, more inspirational, I guess. But yeah, I think that would be a, an interesting idea for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has been your greatest inner struggle to overcome with relation to your writing career? It's about, there's, you know, I've done several uh, book festivals and, and author visits, um, mm-hmm. and it's like you have to, the, the biggest thing that I, I'm struggling with is you have to wear several hats. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, not, just, it's not just the writing process. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's, you know, because the, the, you're really... You're promoting literacy, so you really have to do right. it in a in a way that's you know interesting to all readers, mm-hmm. and and you have to you, know, you have to be out there because you know like if you buy a painting, but you also get to know the artist, you're you're more apt to say, yeah, I really like this painting because I mm-hmm. have now a story behind it. Mm-hmm. Whereas they're, they're they're meeting the the writer behind that, so it's yeah, yes, you have the ideas, and you have you know thankfully great editors, but you mm-hmm. have to also know that you have you have to be out there talking to people and and, and right. not not just promoting your work but promoting the the reason why you enjoy mm-hmm. uh, writing right you know? and, and of course another inner struggle is procrastination but oh yes another <laughs> <laughs> oh yes don't we all have that mm-hmm. uh what yeah. words would you like to leave the world when you're gone it is the whole the whole idea of that you have great stories inside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you, every, you know, everybody you meet, if I meet a veteran or I meet somebody and I always ask them their stories because they have interesting life stories that mm-hmm. they, they might not think are interesting, but somebody else who maybe is uh, struggling with an issue or whatever, right. you know, it, it might, you know, so the, what I want to leave is that you, you have great stories inside of you and writing them is going to help you in so many ways, more ways than you really realize. Right. Right. Uh, where can we learn more about you and your books? Um, you know, I, I have a, a website. You can go to richuncle.com and that's R I C H U K. Uh, sorry, U N K E L.com mm-hmm. um, or, or other uh, for sale on Amazon as well. Okay, what uh, what really brought that? I love that uh, pen name. It's just so perfect. <laughs> I love it. Uh, where did you come up with that? All right. So one night, I, I was wondering if you're going to ask because I <laughs> I didn't have I that question open to you, but <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I, I get that question a lot, and 
and you know, and I love it when people get the joke, you know, because you, you know, and, and that's what they say, like, oh, you'll have a rich uncle who will leave you money. Uh-huh. Um, and I, and I was, I'm always playing with words. And it was a, it was probably a Friday or Saturday night. I was just writing or doing something, and I, and it just came to me that that would be a funny uh, yeah. name for you know a play on words. Oh, and, it's and, and beautiful. All and there actually is somebody that exists in this world with that name. So I was like, okay, so it's not really? far-fetched. Oh. Um, yeah, so. so oh, it's hilarious. Okay, we've got a few <laughs> minutes left. Can you uh, want to read a little bit from your book? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to read the, the it's called The Foreword of Four Words. Each um, chapter, I, I try to quote somebody um, in, in and I, and I quote them, and, and I say this not necessarily because I agree with what they're saying, but it needs a little bit further investigation. And when we, you know, when we research people, we really got to research them completely. So, uh, but this one is uh, called A Forward of Four Words. And the way it ended wasn't at all like the, day, like the day began. A constant swirling of eagerness of what was to be and what was about to erupt. It lay unsettled in my stomach. It was almost as bad as the day I ate too many sausages at the county fair. Much was still unknown. I would have felt more comfortable at the doctor's office getting a sharp needle in my arm. There would be a moment of stillness only to be followed by the severe sting of reality that trailed off into worry. I had to be confident that we were all prepared and well-trained for the day. We had the necessary steps and planned to cover any and all possible strikes. Preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best, was wearing thin. The anticipation of the worst was ruling over me. It was like a jigsaw puzzle. The best part was when the puzzle was finally done and completed. We always enjoy or feel a sense of relief when we get to that last piece in place. This puzzle didn't bring out those feelings. There were many pieces missing and I didn't have the big picture on the box to look at. Some of the events are a blur, kind of compared to when you see or are in a car accident. Everything happens so fast, it takes several replays in your mind to make sense of it all. I'm sure I left out tidbits and pieces of the actions I had observed, participated in, and feelings that had overwhelmed me. My account of these is just that, mine. Kenny's version of these events might have been completely different. My hope was that he did not feel the same feelings that I did. I wouldn't want that for anyone. Part of me wishes that you were there. I am sure you would have done things differently. I could have used your help. Don't replicate any of the events that you are about to read. That wouldn't be cool. They are history for a reason, to hopefully never be relived. In life, we can't always know everything. Sometimes we think we feel everything, when in reality we don't. Some, some things are not for us to understand either. War is one of them. Well, thank you. That is really yeah. a very good uh, forward, and I, uh, I remember struggling with that forward thing that you did. <laughs> but it worked out fine. Uh, it yeah. also helps to know a little bit about the, the history and where you're coming from on it. Okay, we yeah. are on our way to a break, and uh, we will return in about two or three minutes. So uh, thank you so much, Damon, 
and we'll move on to the next author after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Sawara Books, LLC is a publisher unlike most publishers that you've known. What's unique about us is that we don't work with agents. We work directly with the authors. We're a fiction-only publisher that specializes in first-time authors, middle-grade and young adult fiction, and we have a new section for new adult fiction. Find us on the web at sawarobooks.com. All of our books are also available on major ebook sites and a variety of formats. Find something new to put on your reading list today. Visit saguarobooks.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Saguaro Books Radio Hour. To speak with Mary Nickham or her guest, Please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you may send an email to mjnickham at saguarobooks.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, we're back and uh, talking to uh, Kristen Sexton, whose pen name is K.L. Cranes, and she lives in Washington, D.C. metro area with her husband, daughter, and dog. When not writing fiction, Kale is a freelance editor. And uh, welcome, Kristen, and tell us about your book. Well, hi, Mary Jo. Thank you for having me. Um, so my book is a young adult novel, and it's sort of a star-crossed lovers, you know, uh, story, <laughs> but with teenage witches. So that's always fun, mm-hmm. a little added element there. And um, they're sort of on opposite sides of a Wiccan war, which makes it kind of exciting. So um, Dagny, who is one of the characters, is a traveler, which is why the book's called The Travelers. And she can move her body, I mean, move her soul from body to body and kind of, if she wanted to, live forever. So her family is very old, and mm-hmm. they, this is sort of how they exist. They move from body to body and, and live forever. And then Mark, who is... Um, also a witch, but not a traveler, is actually part of a group of Wiccans who hunts down travelers because they think they're so terrible and tries to rid them from the earth. So, of course, these two have to fall in love because that makes things fun. And um, they actually, funny tidbit, they actually, in the book, they meet on an airplane and they don't know the other, you know, who the other one is or their background or even that they're both Wiccans. And... Um, and the story kind of parallels how I met my husband <laughs> without the magic part. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of fun to write. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they get stuck on this plane and they bond, and then and then later they find out that you know they're on the opposite sides of this you know war against each other. 
and uh, and they have to sort of figure out how that's all going to work. This is a very fascinating book. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, this whole idea of the traveler is to me uh, just a really neat way of putting it. And uh, I think it just it tells a whole different story than anything else we've got. Uh, what experience in your life led to your choice of subject to this book? Well, it really started with um, kind of a, a concept of like, you know, people ought to, you know, hate each other, sadly, from birth. Uh-huh. And for, for no reason other than, you know, religion or, you know, whatever, you know, you want to put in there. And I just, this has always bothered me and always made me very upset. And I think that, you know, part of me really does feel that, like, the youth of today is are the ones who are going to make a change. Right. And so I really wanted to create something that had this concept of, you know, mm-hmm. two people who were taught from birth to hate each other, but they don't. Hmm. And they kind of fight back against this concept. Mm-hmm. And that's really was like the crux of where I was going right. with the story. I think the, uh, are you, uh, have you looked into the, the whole Wiccan thing much? Oh, uh, you know, yes and no. Uh-huh. I try to, I, part of me doesn't want to be sort of, Influence. I just wanted to like use my right. imagination and kind of come up with something new because because you know the Wiccans are a real religion and I didn't want to you know sort of oh not yes. do it right yeah <laughs> yeah it is I remember when yeah. I when I worked in uh, in the DC area I uh, we had a staff meeting one afternoon and this woman that I knew I thought I knew quite well she comes up she says I'm a witch <laughs> whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and she changed her name. She had a very beautiful name, and she changed it to, I don't know, some some kind of a Hollyoak, I guess, was her last name. I don't know. It was really strange anyway, and we were all trying, <laughs> trying to figure out what in the world <laughs> happened here. <laughs> it was a surprise. Uh, when did you uh, begin to write? So... Funny story, I've been writing since I could pick up a crayon, I think I said, <laughs> and I've actually been, um, I've said that in the past, I'm like, since I could hold anything that could write, I've been writing, and I um, I was recently helping my parents dig out from their basement and sort through everything, and, and my mother actually collected this giant tub of all of my writing, <laughs> and it's like on, you know, it's on, you know, bright orange paper, and I've written <laughs> poems, and the spelling is atrocious. It's like yeah. phonetic when you're five. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just so funny to see, and then, you know, it's, it, it actually evolves, and I have giant notebooks of chapter books that I wrote when I was 10 oh or 13, word. and I wow. don't even remember doing that. <laughs> and it was really interesting to see mm-hmm. I really have been doing this for a very long time. Are there any stories that you'd like to resurrect? You know, I just happened recently, and I was thinking about that, and I was reading the first page of one, and I was like, this isn't too terrible. <laughs> I'm sort of shocked. <laughs> yeah, something you might be able to pick up and develop, huh? Yeah, Who knows? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you write this particular traveler book? Well, it, uh, you know, I think as a part of like my writing process as I was growing up, I think I always felt like, and I don't know if other writers feel this way, but I always felt like I had to write like the great American novel. Like if it wasn't oh, the yeah. best thing <laughs> ever, why would I write it? 
And so I spent all this time, I think, thinking about that and trying to do that. And then one day I was reading Twilight, of all things. And I was like, Mm. I really like this book. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I like it. Mm -hmm. And why don't I write something I like to read and stop trying to be something I'm not? Right. And so, and so I sort of thought about that and thought about what I might want to do and, and what theme I wanted. And that's sort of how the travelers was born. Yeah. That it, it, it's really a really wonderful book. I think. Uh, (laughs) uh, what else are you working on? So right now I'm working on a middle grade novel called The Black Unicorn, which is sort of like a sort of stories that are interconnected through a black unicorn who is uh-huh. magic and helps children in need, which is kind of fun. I've never really written middle grade before, so I just wanted to try ah, something yeah. new and different. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And I am yes. also just finished The Travelers too. Right. Yes. Um, We're working on that one as we speak. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm really yeah, excited that's about great. That. What has been your greatest inner struggle to overcome with relation to your writing career? Oh, I think <laughs> <laughs> there's so many struggles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think when I was an earlier writer, not even that much earlier, I think I struggled with confidence. You know, mm-hmm. I, it, the, I was terrified to show my work to anybody, even my family. You know, half of, we right. joked that my mom found that bin because I had hidden all those things like under my mattress and, you know, in my <laughs> closet and nobody ever saw them. And, uh, I, and, you know, the traveler sat in a metaphorical drawer for probably five or six years before I worked up the courage to show anyone. Mm-hmm. So I think getting over that fear was really big for me. Right. But, um, I've, yeah, I thought it was kind of like flying, you know, the first time's really scary, and uh-huh. then the more you do it, uh, yeah, I the more suppose. you're like, oh, this, this is okay. Because I've never this been a great. confident flyer, so I know exactly what that is right. all about. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what words would you like to leave the world when you're gone? Um, I, you know, I, I think I heard something once that really resonated with me. It was like, People aren't going to remember the things you do or say, but they're going to remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really want to leave with the world. I don't even, it doesn't even matter to me if what somebody felt when they, you know, read my work, if mm-hmm. they remember it was mine, <laughs> as right. long as it made them, right, as long as it made them feel something and made them maybe look at the world a little differently mm-hmm. or, you know, learn something about themselves. I think that's all I, right. I would really want. Right. Okay, uh, where can we learn more about you and your books? Well, I have, uh, obviously, on the Squire website. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, I, have a, um, I have a blog on klcranes.com, so mm-hmm. I do uh, blogging, and I find that fun. Lots of, if you're into books, that is my main topic. I enjoy talking about books. And um, I also, uh, on that website, there's other information about my other books mm-hmm. as well and, and more about the travelers. Right. And we can buy your book where? Other than our website. Uh, <laughs> other than like Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, and, you know, a lot of those online right. book realtor, right. re- uh, retailers. Yeah, and we have it on ebooks and all over the place, too. So I think mm-hmm. you're pretty well covered on that. Okay, yeah. uh, can you uh, read some of your work so that we can sure. kind of get a feel for what it's all about? Sure, absolutely. Okay. All right, so this is sort of a scene when 
Dagny's in a new body, and she's going to a new high school for the first time. And, <laughs> and part of the thing I like about the travelers in the new body is I feel like teenagers are always trying to figure themselves out and mm-hmm. imagine a world where, like, you're changing your body constantly mm-hmm. and you don't know who you are. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that concept. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so when I entered the cafeteria, Ava beckoned me to her. She was standing in front of a small group of people at the end of a long table. Reluctantly, I shoved a large piece of chocolate chip cookie in my mouth and obeyed. Dagny, meet Lily, she said, turning to reveal a striking girl with spiraling charcoal hair that spilled down past her shoulders. Lily had dark brown eyes trimmed with black makeup that made me think of Cleopatra. Her complexion was flawless and glowed with autumn hues. And Brooke? My sister posed it as a question. She knew the girl's name. She was establishing dominance, showing Brooke she wasn't worth having her name remembered. My sister loved to play mind games. Yeah, I'm Brooke, Brooke waved. Her gentle face was framed with straight honey-colored hair that was nearly the same hue as her complexion. She was all one color, except for her eyes. They stuck out like blue lightning bolts. Hi, I said, as crumbs fell out of my mouth. Lily and Brooke are cheerleaders. Lily is the captain, Ava said. She stressed the last word, hoping I would suddenly snap to attention and perform. I did not. Ava shot me a look of disapproval. Like I said before, Ava said, continuing a conversation. She had started before I arrived. Dagny was a cheerleader at our last school. She has a divine round-off back handspring. Well, we all already had tryouts, but one of the girls just broke her foot this morning. She'll be out for the season. We need some new meat, Lily noted enthusiastically. This was convenient. I had no doubt Ava somehow caused the injury. I like your boho chic look, Brooke said, just as she and Ava were swept up in a current of bubbly girls. Well, at least someone likes what I wear, I noted, sticking my tongue out at my sister. Have you seen the soda machine? No more sugar for you. No one likes plump cheerleaders, Ava stated. And could you use a napkin? Really, Dagny. People will think you were raised by a pack of wolves. That would be an improvement, I mumbled. Oh, here's Jason, Eva said. A moment later, Jason marched into the cafeteria. Half the girls swooned, and even a few of the boys. He didn't seem to notice. Coach asked me to join practice today. He made me a quarterback. This was stated like a school report given by fifth grade or a Neanderthal. Good, Ava said. Doesn't the school already have a quarterback, I asked, scowling. Jason shrugged. Don't fight, little sister. The team went 0-10 last year with that quarterback. Jason will do much better. You should be happy. What is more normal than a football player, Ava said. I glowered at her. You did this. Of course, Ava said proudly. I simply implanted a few thoughts in Lily's mind and the football coach. I also changed the air pressure in that little cheerleader's ear, so she lost her balance and tripped on the stairs and broke her foot. Anyway, now Jason's a football hero, and you're a perky cheerleader. Thanks, scary godmother. It's fairy godmother, Ava said. I rolled my eyes with exasperation. You couldn't wait one day before you started manipulating everyone around you? That's the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you keep reading? Oh, sure. We have mm-hmm. more time? Yeah, couple more, <laughs> okay. a couple more minutes. A couple more minutes. Absolutely. All right. I lost my spot. Okay. Uh, do, do, do. Before you were manipulating everyone around you. Dagny, didn't try, Dagny, don't try to pretend like you don't do it, too. It's our right. We're not hurting them, Ava responded nonchalantly. Breaking someone's foot isn't hurting them, I protested. She'll be fine. Now, Jason can keep an eye on you, and you both have practice at the same time. If you want to keep an eye on me, you should become a cheerleader, I said angrily. Oh, no, I wouldn't be cut dead in one of those short skirts, she stated matter-of-factly. Although you did just give me an idea. Whatever you're thinking, I don't like it, I said. Do you want me to keep going? Another sure. part yeah. of the chapter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give us another <laughs> idea of where we're going here. <laughs> sure. So um, 
Or I could read a different part. I can read the opening. Okay. So this is chapter one. This opens the book, and this is Dagny basically coming into her new body. My fingers shook violently as I dragged them across the smooth, cool surface of the metal coffin. Coffin. It was pitch black inside the eight-foot cell, and there was no way for me to tell if my sight had returned. I had been through this before, but my new heartbeat still quickened with fear every time. In darkness and confinement, rational thought did not always prevail. Suddenly, a spasm raced through my right leg. The sensation was more intense than anything I ever remembered feeling. That wasn't saying much. I forgot a lot of things. The power to magically move your soul to another person's body was not as exciting as it sounded. The consequences. For me, one of those was memory loss. To fit my soul into this new body, I had to chip away little pieces of myself and let them fall into oblivion. Every time I traveled, I lost more and more of myself. I was just a bunch of broken pieces inside the shell of a body. I didn't even know what it meant to be me anymore. When my limbs began to wiggle, I knew I'd finally whittled away just enough to resemble a real person. A jarring crack of a metal door thrown open announced one of my siblings was free. Where's Dagny, my brother asked with a grunt. This is unacceptable. Look at this. I'm ugly, my sister barked, ignoring my brother's question. Hiding in my cold, dark container, I felt as if a million wires were attached to my body. With every word spoken, another wire jerked and compelled me to leave my cell. But I wasn't ready. When I traveled, which is what we call it when we move from one body to the next, I felt free, at least for a little while. My soul floated above the earth. I had no weight, no burdens. I didn't have eyes in that state of being, but my mystical vision saw all the auras of the earth. Beneath me, millions of colored lights pulsed in the darkness. Okay, Kristen, I think we'll have to stop because we're going to go for break. And uh, thank you so very much for reading and for joining us. And I really enjoyed this conversation. And we'll uh, go on to our next uh, author as soon as we're back from break. So thank you, and uh, we'll talk some more later. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Saguaro Books, LLC is a publisher unlike most publishers that you've known. What's unique about us is that we don't work with agents. We work directly with the authors. We're a fiction-only publisher that specializes in first-time authors, middle-grade and young adult fiction. And we have a new section for new adult fiction. Find us on the web at saguarobooks.com. All of our books are also available on major ebook sites and a variety of formats. Find something new to put on your reading list today. Visit saguarobooks.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
listening to the Saguaro Books Radio Hour. To speak with Mary Nickham or her guest, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you may send an email to mjnickham at saguarobooks.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, we're back from break, and we have Charlene Vermeulen. And uh, I did cor- uh, pronounce that correctly, or is that a... Is that you pronu- did, but... Oh. Okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> and, that long last name, though, was Well, it sounds like a German name to me, and that's why that E-U is always an uh, O... Uh, Oi sound, and so I wasn't sure for sure what it was. All right, Charlene was currently lives with her husband and two rescue dogs in Pinehurst, North Carolina. A long to- a lifelong educator, Charlene has taught sixth through twelfth grade English, language arts, and academically gifted classes, along with summer writing and art camps and worked as a school administrator for five years before retiring to spoil her grandchildren. She has two daughters, <laughs> Anna and Grace, whose names appear in the first book in the series, Just the Mess. Other than family and her Christian faith, her passion includes reading, writing, drawing, hiking, traveling, photography, time with family, and painfully bad puns. All right, Kristen, (laughs) with that introduction, let's hear about your book, Just the Mess. Well, now, Mary, uh, Just the Mess was a long time in the making. I started writing this book about 17 years ago now, and and I put it aside because I was raising young children and working, and um, I didn't have a writer's discipline to keep working at it and (laughs) and didn't have self-confidence to keep going for a Mm -hmm. while. And um, then when I started in school administration, I was working at a high school and then eventually a middle school, and Jeff kept talking to me. Jeff, the character, kept saying, mm-hmm. tell my story, tell my story, because I worked with so many kids who had similar backgrounds and um, things they were going through. And so I just started going home every night and writing for 30 or 40 minutes and Several months later, Just the Mess came to fruition. Perfect. uh, It's interesting because I have an intern now who is interested in uh, working on uh, publishing with uh, with, for and about children who have some form of disabilities. And Just the Mess fit right in there. Yeah. And uh, she's really fascinated with that. In fact, she's going to school, to college, to uh, get more uh, specialized in that area. So I thought that was really a perfect story. When did you begin? fantastic. Yeah. When did you uh, begin to write? Oh, I think as, as soon as I learned how to read, I started writing. Um, <laughs> kind of like many of your authors, we mm-hmm. just love to put our thoughts on paper. And um, so I wrote creative stories and just and kept them in my notebooks for years and I'll, I'll still read back through some of them just kind of laugh at yeah. my, my imagination and um, oh yeah um, it's it's fun but um i wrote a couple of articles in high school and i uh, worked at the high school newspaper and i worked at our local newspaper so i enjoyed fiction and ah, fiction. yeah and uh, so it was just and great teachers along the way 
you know, spoke encouragement into my life and would write sweet notes on my papers, and that kept me going. That's really wonderful. Uh, Why did you write this particular book? Well, again, just kept talking to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had so many kids I've worked with who have, um, whose parents face um, some pretty serious addiction challenges, Mm -hmm. and uh, many of them move around a lot, and they're often the troublemakers because they are troubled at home. They're kind of crying out for help at school. Right. And um, so I'm really interested in bibliotherapy, where you write so that kids who are going through something or have friends going through something can, by catharsis, work through what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so that was my hope for it. That's great. Um, what else are you working on at this time? Well, my heart is always with middle grades. Ah, <laughs> middle grades. Yeah. Even though I'm I'm back at a high school now part time, but um, I'm working on one called Middle School Prank War, mm-hmm. and it is absolutely silly, off the top silly, and it's but it's inspired by a pretty special group of middle schoolers that I last worked with who were just actually enjoyed a prank war with them as their administrator. But this is kids like to read about themselves, <laughs> not about mm-hmm. the adults. So this is a group of kids that. Uh, get the administration to allow them to have a prank war as long as they don't disrupt classes. And um, I'm having a lot of fun coming up with and watching to see what the characters do next. Uh I would imagine working around the school like that, it's really uh, no end of of subjects that you could write about. (laughs) Um, Oh, it is. (laughs) I bet they're all out there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The heart's whiz and all the, the things that kids are going through. Oh, um, yes. I, I'm working on two or three others that are more serious in nature, like sexting and cyberbullying mm-hmm. and um, think, even human trafficking. And, do you, you think know. it's worse now than it used to be? Oh, I've definitely seen. Um, you're telling my age now, Mary. No, no. <laughs> uh, hey, I got you beat on that, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Not by much. Not by much. But, um, yeah, I think children, you know, they... The instancy and and the um, mm-hmm. continuous nature of social media it just is almost oppressive for kids. It's um, yeah. and parents want to not think that their kids are exposed to what they are, Mm-mm. but um, boy, is it eye opening just to see um, what they face on a daily basis. You know, a kid could embarrass themselves in the past. You know, trip and fall in the hall. Oh, yeah. and people would laugh and they get over it. Mm-hmm. Middle schoolers are so insecure in so many ways, mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And then to have it replayed on social media again and again and again, mm-hmm. it's just a it's a tough world. Oh, but it's maybe it, we can give them some light. It's got to be because I thought, as a parent, I mean, my kids are like in their forties and fifties now, but uh, they. Uh, I think that I don't know how I would raise a kid now. I mean, I really can't imagine what it would be like to raise a child now in this world with, of, like uh-huh. you say, social media. Well, that you know, I'm in the grandchild stage now, and uh-huh. and as, as are you. But um, it, it's it is challenging. I think just having a really ha- your heart for your kids, and you have to start listening. So much more than you did oh, in the yeah. past, and stay mm-hmm. so attuned. And try to get that's them another, to talk. I would think, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's just time, you know. Just that's, that's 
part of where my heart is with kids, too. You know, when they're in elementary, they're cute and cuddly, and everybody wants to be mm-hmm. the room mothers and do things. And <laughs> when the kids start uh, having the roller coaster attitudes, a lot of parents back away, but that's when the kids mm-hmm. need you the most. The harder yes. they push, the more they need you. My younger son says that. In fact, he gave me a, because uh, he went, he went, he's an ADHD, and he went the drug route and all that kind of thing. Oh, and sorry. and I would talk to him, and his dad apparently would not, and didn't want to hear about it. And I got the certificate mm-hmm. from him that says, most understanding mother, you know, it was so happy. Oh. It was really nice, and he keeps telling me, you know, you were able to, you talked to me when nobody else would, and wow. I didn't really realize that I was such a, 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 a you know, a, something he could go to, and I really, I felt good, and I felt sort of hurt and sad in the whole process. It was kind of a mixed. Uh, thing, but that's the way it goes. Um, what what words would you like to leave the world when you're gone? Uh, be kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just care about one another, and um, everybody is going through something, and um, especially our young people. Right. Um, just take time to listen and take time to care. Um, and I'm a Christian, so um, I, I, I just I love Christ, and I, um, I'm mm-hmm. sorry for what the church has done to a, a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. and, and not understanding because of some kind of holier than thou attitudes. But if you really want to know what faith is like, just get to know the person of Jesus Christ, and, um, mm-hmm. and it, he, he's not he's not he's not all the political mess that you see on both sides. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. And is there's so much that, uh, that uh, you know, people are going through. And the churches, somehow they try to help, but something gets missed in the process. And I don't know if who's not listening to who, but, you know, it just seems uh-huh. like that, that, it, that they aren't filling the need quite as much as, as they ought to. And I think just, like you say, listening and being with Jesus is the most important thing. Where can, uh, amen. Where, pardon? I said amen. <laughs> <laughs> where can we learn more about you and your books? Um, I'm on Goodreads, and I'm also, I have an Amazon author page, and Euro Books, of course, their website. And um, you can purchase the books through uh, Amazon, Kindle, the Seguro website, um, ebooks, BarnesandNoble.com. Um, and yeah. did I leave anything out? No, I think you didn't. I think we're in very good shape on getting it out. We've got it in lots of different places, and you can get an ebook on darn near any platform that's available, I think. And, uh, it's even, amazing. Yeah, and the libraries can certainly get to it, too. So that uh, that's the, the thing, when we need to get out there and spread the word as much as we can. Uh, Thank uh, you. You're a wonderful publisher. Well, I, I keep trying, but I'll tell you, sometimes it just it seems like 
I don't know if people aren't buying books or what is the story, but they're not going as quickly as I'd like to see them sell. Um, Let's see. Now, I think we're in time. We've got about uh, a few minutes left, about four minutes or so. So if we could hear some things from your reading of the book, it would be great. Okay, well, I'll intro it um, instead of going into the first chapter. Jess had just gotten in trouble at school. She smeared dog poop on the head of two boys in the um, bus, <laughs> and she's outside the principal's office. And uh, Principal Peters is about to take her home for a reality check. <laughs> so here is Jess. Vinyl is vinyl, Jessica thought. She ran her hand over the red plastic-like surface of her new seat outside the principal's office. Before they'd moved her outside the office, she'd heard most of the conversations among the office staff. Familiar words like troublemaker, and I can't believe a 12-year-old child would. Just bored her. But when she'd heard them start to mention calling in the social worker, she started to get nervous. Social workers had gotten involved at her last school, and that was part of why she was here. It had taken a lot of steady pleading with her mom to get her to move again. But Jessica knew if they didn't, they were likely to be split up. She knew her mom drank too much. But wouldn't anybody in her situation? I might do a lot of wrong things, but I'm not so disloyal. I'll betray the one person in this world I've got. Jessica looked up at the sound of jangling car keys. All right, Miss Burns, let's go have a talk with your mom. Mr. Peters rocked back and forth on his dress shoes as he continued to swing his keys. I'm not sure she's home. Jessica used what she hoped was her sweetest, most genuine voice. Let's find out, shall we? With a sigh, Jessica followed Mr. Peters out the large doors of Bentley Middle School and into the parking lot. The November sun was bright, and Jessica shielded her eyes as she prepared to shield her thoughts. You have to be careful with people. Sometimes they'll act all nice just to get information out of you. It isn't good to let your guard down. To her relief, the principal seemed more focused on following the Google directions to Jessica's apartment than on talking with her. If it weren't for the too classy classical music coming from Mr. Peters' radio, She could have almost enjoyed the ride. Finally, they pulled up in front of the long row of apartment buildings Jessica currently called home. She shifted in her bucket seat and noticed the leather under her was much softer than the vinyl on the chairs at school. Its color was softer, too, more like something real than the loud reds and oranges used in the school decor. More like something real. That's it. What Mr. Peters is about to see is more like something real, that's for sure. You have time for any more? Uh, I think we're we're getting close anyway. Um, let's see if there's anything else that uh, you could tell us real short. We can, uh, you know, we could uh, talk about it, or we can just close up. And I think we're going to go to break. We've prattled along long enough. I have anyway. So uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed you. And thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll go and end our session now. And thank you so much, Charlene. Thank you for tuning in to Saguaro Books Radio Hour. Host Mary Nickham invites you to join us again next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to discuss then.